It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 30th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that likes to go into the break on a win. Well, who doesn't? I mean... That is true. We are going to recap the game against the Jets, and we're going to get into overall team trends heading into this bye week. And it's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Happy Monday. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll keep up with all the latest Flyers news and our episodes. You can email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We will be having a mailbag later this week, so get those questions in. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube and you can subscribe there as well. Uh, Like we said at the end of last week, we're accepting nominations for player profiles during the bye week. And there's a post over on our YouTube channel where you can comment your choice and uh, we'll pick some out of your suggestions. So uh, that's how you can get involved in the show. Russ, I think kind of one of the biggest things going into the game against Winnipeg was the Zach McEwen news. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had surgery to repair his jaw. He's out five weeks. And uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of cascading effects here. And we're going to get into some of that during our ups and downs segment next. (laughs) But I did want to call attention to that because the Flyers went with 11 forwards and 7D in this game. What was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it was an emergency situation. So, you know, it worked out. Nick Delorier got more minutes. He had a pretty good game. Uh, even though he may not have done anything on the score sheet, the defense was good, the hitting was good. So that's fine. But this is not sustainable. And, and the problem with this whole, you know, thing is they have to make a real decision now because you know you're you're without him for five weeks. Uh Justin Braun, you know, played fine, but you don't generally play him. So you're not gonna go eleven right. seven for any length of time. So now you have to wonder, uh, is you know, besides Bellows, who else who else are you gonna put in there? And and that's what they're gonna have to figure out. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously Kiefer Bellows did himself a huge favor in this game. You know, he hadn't played in forever and had a a pretty solid game, you know. And honestly, just as I was like taking a note about how he was playing pretty well so far, he gets a goal, uh, which was his first as a flyer. And, you know, I, I think that he really did make enough of an impact that, Perhaps they're going to give him another shot, especially with Wade Allison also out. 
Yeah, I think he'll get it. I think he'll stay in there for at least as long as Allison's out, but there's this other spot too now. So there's really a lot of opportunity for him. He had a really good first period. He was forechecking hard and he got, you know, rewarded for good work. That's, his, you know, he's got a great shot and he was able to, you know, get it in a key spot. So I think that's a big deal. But as far as who, again, who should they call up? Who could the Flyers call up? That could easily fit into Listen. the lineup with good skating, good scoring. He's not too young. He's not too this. He's not too that. Gee, I don't know, Rachel. I I'm I can't figure it out. I can't imagine who you're thinking of. Uh, of course, we'll have our Phantoms Tuesday tomorrow to talk more about that. But of course, that's Ali Lixel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get into that kind of detail more on tomorrow's show. But yeah, I think it's a good point. Obviously, we have this bye week all-star break for the Flyers to sit on it and think about it. They wouldn't do the transaction until the last minute anyway. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. And I know the knee jerk. The knee jerk is Tyson Forster. He's playing better whatever. But he needs to continue to have success and, and consistency down there. It's better to throw in Lixell and see what he can do, in my estimation. Well, Tyson Forster's busy representing the Phantoms at the AHL All-Star Game. But uh, getting back into the game against the Jets, I think the other big thing to come out of it is that this was an overall team win. Mm-hmm. That Yes, Carter Hart had an incredible game. He made some real standout saves. Uh, of course, he had 40 saves in this game overall. Gets that elusive shutout finally that the Flyers didn't uh, turtle and allow one late in the game for him. Uh, but I think it, it, this was a real team effort here that Carter Hart was a big part of this game, but he he didn't steal this game no. because the Flyers played well enough defensively throughout the game. The Jets were completely discombobulated and and they scored enough. You know, the Flyers had four goals in this game, right. so they scored enough to win it. And so it was a more balanced outcome here. Yeah, it was. and And I think... You know, Hellebuck ended up getting tossed out of frustration because, you know, he held the team in it while they had absolutely zero juice. And I mean zero. And I've seen Winnipeg do this before. And Winnipeg did this last year when they came in and played the Flyers. And then we all had to wait like an hour, not an hour, about 40 minutes after they had to have a team meeting. And then they had to explain the team meeting to all the media. And I was a part of that. And that is there's a lot of those same guys in this room. And that's why Rick Bonus chewed them out during a timeout. And they played a little better after that, for sure. You know, they had some chances. But even like on, on power play chances, they didn't have any. I think they had one or two power plays. I didn't feel like they were going to score. Now, there were, you know, no. two or three great saves from Carter Hart. Sure. No question about it. But um, like, as you pointed out, the lines in the third period were laughable for Winnipeg. Like, they just... They were super frustrated with their players. That shuffle was absolutely ludicrous. I mean, putting Blake Wheeler down with Stenland and Perfetti was just absolute nonsense on their part. I mean, you know, it did. uh, I think it was more the chewing out than the line shuffle that got them additional shots in the third period. That is what it was. And it was a scramble. It wasn't necessarily that the team was playing better. Right. They weren't like putting together good scoring chances. Even Kyle Connor wasn't Kyle Connor because I was watching him specifically. Again, this is where you have to say, yes, the Flyers played a, their best team defense effort. No matter what, they did well on that. Yeah. But you also have to understand what you're watching too. 
And what you were watching was a team that couldn't wait for the break to happen. And, and the coach did everything he could to disrupt that. And I, you know, I give Tortorella credit because like he started that game out hard, like Winnipeg did against them a week ago when Winnipeg clearly had more on their, you know, less on their minds and more interested in playing. And so when Tortorella did that back, that was good, but Winnipeg didn't rise to the occasion. And that was when the coach had it. He, and you know, and that was the problem with the Jets last year. So this is a positive thing with the Flyers that they have this will that if you're going to give them a game, they're going to take the game. Like that's fine. The negative of this though is Rachel, that if you're not one of the 11th worst teams in the league, you're playing yourself out of the chance to get Connor Bedard. And at some point, some of these soft points that come up in the schedule, which they will, if you gobble them all up, there's a debate here to have. There is, but, you know, we've talked about this before in terms of, you know, things that could change after the trade deadline yes. and, you know, making moves to mitigate for that later in the season. But, you know, as far as this game, I do want to uh, make sure we talk about Noah Cates' game. Mm -hmm. Again, scored the first goal in the game. Again, following up his own play. And uh, I think he had a really solid game overall. Um, and, and I think that, you know, again, you know, we will talk about Rasmus Ristolainen a bunch in the next segment, but he stood out having a, a really good game with that backhand pass as well. So again, a, a more complete effort from this team. And I think that's what you want to see in terms of having the system really starting to be entrenched. Yeah. So I went on Winnipeg radio and they asked me to talk about a few players. And I, I brought up uh, Noah Cates because Noah Cates playing at Minnesota Duluth is very close to Winnipeg and everybody's aware of Noah Cates, the Cates brothers, all that. Anything Minnesota Duluth does people in Winnipeg are aware of. So that was nice for him to have a really good game shine like that. Now, I'm going to tell you the problematic part about Noah Cates. Torts didn't make him better. He was already this player. He was this player with Mike Yo. So he was this player. So now you got this player who we don't really know what he is. And he's playing up right now. And he might have to continue playing up if Sean Couturier just never shows up, right? So the worry here for me is, from a development standpoint, is... The same thing that happened to Couturier early in his career. When Laviolette made him a shutdown center, that shut down his offense for a long time. It took a while for Couturier's offense to come out. And essentially, that could happen with Cates, too, because he's playing up. Because, you know, ideally, he's a number three center who maybe could be a number two down the line. But he's getting used differently than that. And that's the little bit of a worry that I have for him long term. But right now, yeah, he looks good. All right. Well, we are going to get into some overall trends for the Flyers going into this break coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens 
to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just a scoop of water and every, a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Russ, uh, we have this week off, and so... We have we, the week off? Are you telling me I'm? this is it? <laughs> this is the second time you've made that joke, Russ. I know. I know. It still <laughs> never right. gets old. Uh, the Flyers have this week off, and uh, so we're going to get into some overall trends for the team with some players and uh, with the team overall. I think, you know, the, the main up for me in this time is Rasmus Ristolainen. Yes. And we, we've talked about him a bunch recently that his game has been improving. And if you look at his play since that Ducks game where he got his first goal, two goals, five assists in seven games. And uh, if you look at his like other recent trends, his hits are down, but block shots are up. And that shows he's buying into the tort system, right? Yeah. Where he used to make just hits for the sake of making hits and because that was his thing. But now I think he's being a little bit more deliberate about them uh, in terms of, you know, is this going to benefit the team and the defensive structure overall? And, you know, if, if you look at some other stats, um, his expected goals against are way down from previous years. Mm -hmm. um, his plus minus right now is even, mm -hmm. which is a lot better than you would have thought, I think. Oh, yeah. Considering and, he didn't have a goal until like January, whatever. I mean, yeah. Exactly. And uh, another interesting trend is that they're starting to give him some more offensive zone starts like they're not just putting him out there for the defensive zone starts right now and i think that's an indicator not just of the, that they are starting to trust him offensively a little bit more uh, but that there could be something else going on here yeah i i reported on full press sports and on off the post a, a, another podcast that i do that uh, a source contacted me saying there was at least one team interested in Rasmus Ristolainen. Now, they told me this right when he maybe scored his first goal, maybe the second. So, like, in the midst of this, but not, like, um, at the end of all of a sudden he's hot. Oh, he's hot. Okay, now teams are interested. No, no, no. They were interested before this. So, I think it all does play into it. I, I was told that at least this one other team would, like, think – thinks they can turn him into a 30-point guy, which if we're looking at the Ristolainen that we're looking at today, he could be a 30-point guy. Like, he'd be on pace for that for sure. And if he still plays the way he's playing defensively, then he has more value than he did when this contract was signed and essentially killed his trade value. So you give Torts credit because he's the one who's gotten him to play right. 
and on the right side of the puck and all those other cliches that you want. This is a guy that he's really helped develop. Uh, on the other side is you have the now chore of deciding, do you want to keep this guy the way he is, but it's until 26-27. And this is where you have to say, and this is where I caution the fans, even if you like the player, which I do, I like what he looks like, right? I like, I thought last year he was starting to play better with Yo. I just felt like there were some things. Well, the problem is he may not do this until 26-27, and eventually that contract's going to be bad. And it was, you know, not a great contract. It was market value. Like, I, the, the, I didn't mind the price of it. He got what he was worth. But the term is bad, and and that's what's on Chuck Fletcher, and that's the part that you may need to remedy here, especially with there's some problems with um, if you read online, you'll look uh, one of the cable networks is going to go bankrupt, and the NHL is going to lose some money on that initially. So who knows what will happen? Like the cap is going up next year to what they right. said it would, but we don't know in other years. So this is where you as an organization have to now be more proactive than the Flyers have been in the past because they've been very reactive and start to say, okay, we can't rely on the cap going up in two years. What else can we do here? And this is one of the things. Yeah, it's certainly worth entertaining, in my opinion. Like you look yeah, at take the offers calls. here. Yeah, take any and all calls on him. I, I think that is the right move here. Um, you know, one of the downward trends that we've seen obviously is the power play. Uh, yeah. And they're still the fourth worst in the NHL on the season. And if you look at the last two weeks, they're three for 26. And I know they had this little bump right late December, right. early January. And we're like, Oh, things are improving. No, if you really look at the last two weeks, it has not been as good. And I think that that's something that really is continuing to be this, very glaring thing in a sea of other things that maybe, you know, uh, other things a team are doing is improving on a regular basis. And it may be slow and steady, but there's improvement there. Power play is not one of those things. And it very much stands out. Right. And so, again, if you were one of those people that have hopes of the Flyers making the playoffs, the power play. Now, there have been some playoff teams that have had bad power plays, but they also have great five-on-five -five scorers. Like, you're talking about the Boston Bruins, who have Pasternak and Bergeron. Yes, they, they had a terrible power play. I get it. But this team has lost games because of this power play. And they will continue to lose games because of this power play. And another downtrending thing that I sort of count as like a systems thing is the overtime. The overtime, if you want to look at something like at the end of the year, if you feel like counting up how many points that's going to be, you know, this is the NHL. That probably does put you either in the playoffs or very close to them, all the overtimes that have gotten frittered away here. And that hasn't gotten any better either. So these are two things that aren't talked about enough because I get it. It's a little negative and you can't always put that on a broadcast. But these are things that have to be corrected. And if they're not corrected, then you've got to correct what's incorrect about it in the organization. Continuing the conversation on special teams, mm -hmm. obviously the penalty kill is one of those things that has improved. Very much so. And I, I think that, you know, it hasn't been perfect recently, but I think that the combination of implementing more of that power kill mentality 
to it and the fact that they have gotten so many shorthanded goals I'm willing to live with it not being as perfect on the defensive side I, I think it'll eventually balance itself out yeah because they've been overall, getting less shorthanded chances and doing better yeah. defensively too on it I, I'm with you on that yeah I think it's overall trending in the right direction which is good uh want to give kudos to one more guy who I think is heading in the right direction and that's Owen Tippett I feel like while, you know, he did have a gap in his scoring a little bit, uh, you know, he got a goal and an assist versus the Jets. Um, I think that his overall play has improved. His play away from the puck has improved. I think he's looking at himself both as a shooter and a playmaker more often than he would have in the past that I think his focus had just been entirely on his shot, which as we talked about preseason was lacking in its accuracy. So I think he has improved his shooting accuracy to some degree, but also he's rounded out his game a little. Yeah. He's definitely rounded out his game a little bit. The playmaking aspect is better. Uh, He's on pace for 45 points. That's pretty good if that's where he ends up, but he has been streaky. So I don't know if that's exactly um, where he's going to end up. It, it's interesting because I look at him and I say, he's still taking too many bad penalties. That's the only thing that I have a problem with right now in his game. Yeah, I think that's an absolute fair critique there. Uh, speaking of penalties, uh, I think that is you know, one of the last of the downward trends that we want to talk about here. And it's in combination with Zach McEwen, right? So he takes... Yes. He, you know, he takes a, pe- a penalty fighting and winds up uh, breaking his jaw. And now he's out for five weeks, which is not great for him. And it's not great for the team in terms of that nope. fourth line actually was playing pretty consistently and mm-hmm. positively overall. And that throws a wrench in that. And like this team might be getting a little too spicy <laughs> right now. No, it is. I mean, the. The Joel Farabee yelling at the bench when you're up one nothing against a team like Winnipeg that that could have conceivably you know gotten better in that game. You handed them a power play just from yelling something at the bench. That was bad. Um, the Zach McEwen thing, like I told you, that fight had one legit fight. The others I didn't think were born out of like what hockey fights should be. So okay, so what did you get out of that? Like it's just if the team says yes, you were, that helped fire us up. I didn't see it. I didn't see it on the score sheet. I didn't see it in the end result. I didn't see it that game. So now this is the sad part is he's got a broken jaw. Um, The thing about Wade Allison, this is like a cumulative injury thing because like three games ago, he, I saw him limp off the ice, but he got back out there. We all worried about it. We tweeted about it. He was fine. Then he fights and then he blocks a shot and now he's out. And this is the problem again I would caution and I would tell Wade Allison, I do not want you fighting under any circumstances, but the coach will never tell him that. And because of his injury history, he needs to tell him that there's some things that Wade Allison needs to dial back. If he wants to have a long NHL career, that's one of them. Yeah. So I I do think the, the flyers have to be much more disciplined and smarter overall when it comes to getting into fights, when it comes to, something like what Joel Farabee did in, in yelling. And uh, I believe there was another unsportsmanlike we had in the previous game. Like even so, Travis Konechny, 
the overaggressiveness a couple of games ago, like he was on the ice for every for every goal. Now they put him out there in overtime. He was trying to get a goal. He didn't get it. And then he didn't cover get back quick enough. He was overly aggressive on offense. That's what he was, because he was trying to win a game. When you have that mentality, those are the plus and minuses of it. And now Connecty's struggling a little to score. He had an open net. He couldn't put it in. Maybe it's because he, you know, it's the 25th goal thing, or maybe it is because he now has this extra pressure of being the leader of the team. Like all of a sudden, when you are that guy and you've never been that guy before, that's an adjustment too. Kevin Hayes gets to kind of hang in the middle. He's going to the all-star game. He's getting points. He's not on center anymore. But if you notice, he doesn't have the same pressure on him, I don't think, that Travis Konechny does. Yes and no. I, I think it, it goes and fits and spurts with Kevin Hayes. But uh, we're not sure what the Flyers' nemesis is right now in terms of those individual guys that they're getting a little spicy out there. We certainly have a nemesis, and we will get to that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Russ, uh, last week we were talking about pushing through until the bye week, you know, and, and getting some positive outcomes with those games. And I think, you know, the Flyers did so to mm -hmm. a strong degree. Those losses were not great, but I think coming back and playing a solid game in Winnipeg, like shutting them out in Winnipeg is a good way to go out. Like we said at the top of the show, I think right now it's one of those things where, uh, you talk about having momentum and then you have off a week and a half and do you have to restart from scratch? And that's what I worry right now, because I really do feel like the Flyers are playing better overall from a structural perspective. I think some individual players are standing out like we just talked about. And I, I just worry that we're going to have to like start back at square one after the all-star break. Yeah, well, my nemesis is the actual bye week. It doesn't need to be a week. It should be a weekend. Everybody could get away for a weekend. Players would be happy. They'd be back at it, you know, like on a Tuesday. They'd be back skating. They'd be thrilled. This is going to throw off some teams for sure. And it's going to throw off some players for sure. The ones that need to be at the rink every day for whatever reason, they just like it, whatever, they're going to struggle a little while they're away. Everybody thinks they're just going to be on the islands having a great time, but this is like during the work season. It's a different mindset. So I, I'm with you. I don't like it. I think the, the bye week is too long. 
that is uh, absolutely the way it should be, that it should just be a, a long weekend like it used yep. to be for the All-Star break. And I understand yep. like the All-Star guys say we don't get a break at all. So that's why you add an extra day at either end and make it a five day yeah. for everybody and go from there. But uh, that'll do it for today's show for our Flyers fun thing. Uh, they gave Kiefer Bellows the uh, bat and helmet in the locker room, which was a, a really nice gesture. I know a lot of people would have said, oh, Carter Hart should have been player of the game with those 40 saves. No, a guy comes in cold like that and plays really well. He and gets, gets a goal. A goal. You got to give it to him. And of course, like when the Flyers posted on Instagram, my favorite part about this is like the guys in the background. Yes. It's just hilarious. And it's like every single one of these. It's um, it's always like that where like who's ever in the background is trying to be goofy and all. And um, I, I like this. I've, I've said players have come a long way from just like the shovel. You know, it used to be like the shovel or the, you know, the axe or whatever. You know, like now they've gotten much more inventive, more theme oriented. And I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. All right. We will be back tomorrow with our Phantoms check-in. I'm sure we're going to talk about Ollie Lixel again on Maybe. the show. So look forward to that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.